You are listening to Get Real Podcast. So, brother, I've been thinking about it uh, a little bit over the past couple days because we're going to talk to a, some singer-songwriters today. And what I've been thinking about is what influenced us as we were growing up. Whether or not we'd like to admit it, we are products of the 70s and the 80s. Oh, yeah. And in my household growing up, in addition to ABBA, which was played a lot on, on the stereo at home by my mom, a lot of the music that we heard on the radio were the singer-songwriters of the time. Yeah, it was a big deal. A huge deal. Uh, James Taylor. Jim Croce. Joni Mitchell. There's a lot of... I can't <laughs> I hang mean, with you. I mean, we can go... Car You're Carly Simon. Yeah. You're so vain. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that song. Simon and Garfunkel, Paul Simon, oh, yeah. was huge. One of my favorite albums growing up when I was in high school, I had it on vinyl, was Simon and Garfunkel's Greatest Hits. I still have a copy of it over here on the, on the record rack right now, too. Really appreciated the honesty in the music. It was different. It wasn't plasticky like a lot of the pop. And that was something that I went to when I wanted something a little bit more real. It's like really direct emotionally. There's not a lot of confusion or busyness with it a lot of times. It's just right, right to the heart. Yeah. Do you know who is considered probably one of the greatest singer-songwriters of the 20th century? No. Hank Williams. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. You mean senior? Yeah, senior. Okay. Not yeah. junior, no, but No, but I, I'm there. Yeah. I have, my roots are definitely yeah. Hank Senior. <laughs> Hank Senior, definitely. <laughs> I've lost most of my accent, but I, I love Hank Senior. <laughs> <laughs> but if you go back into history and take a look at history, the troubadours in the Middle Ages and in the Renaissance time, they were the singer-songwriters of that era. Oh, another great singer-songwriter, Bob Dylan. Okay, yeah. Neil Young. But with us today on the line, we have Terry and Diane McCabe. They are singer-songwriters, and we found them because they are with Shock Raven Faith Records. There's something going There's on There's something at Raven going Faith. on over there. Terry and Diane, <laughs> thank you so much for yeah, being welcome, with guys. us. Oh, you, you, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. We just described your music, but what I want to do is turn the microphone around, and can you describe for our listeners your music from your perspective? Well, I would say uh, our influences are many, so it's a combination of folk, rock, country, and blues, dipped in Americana, and sprinkled it with some Celtic sauce. <laughs> that's good. I like all of it. Yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> Got me hungry. Yeah. A lot of people, when they hear singer-songwriter, they automatically think of folk, but you just touched upon something there terry is that it transcends all different genres and you just can't you can't put it in a box you can be a singer songwriter country dolly parton was another yeah prolific singer songwriter oh. a trend that dan and i have noticed is that a lot of the bands and a lot of the artists that we have spoken to are husband and wife and really i believe wow. that's the way god intends it that has been with bands that we've interviewed that's been with other artists even peter with Peter 118 over in the UK with his wife, Janine, playing bass. And they just had a baby, by the way. Oh, cool. Just, just not too oh. long ago. Yeah, they just had a baby. What came first for you two, the music or the marriage? The music. Individually, the music. Uh, we were doing the music before we um, even got together as individuals. <clears throat> yeah, the, the music, you know, uh, we, we knew each other from uh, churches and small circles of musician friends and been through different relationships you know, separately, and one day I just, you know, decided to uh, ask Diane, you know, let's go out and have some pizza, and just, just put my feelers out there, I, was, I just wanted to hear her sing again, so, and we dated for six weeks, and we got married. Six weeks, 
You knew it. So how did you know? How did you know that this was meant to be and get married within six weeks? That's not something that I would recommend for most of our <laughs> listeners to do. It might yeah, no, th- two weeks is way more efficient, I think. <laughs> but how did you know on the inside? It was the pizza, Glenn. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of it, yeah. I, uh, here's what happened is uh, he called me up on the phone through a mutual friend, and uh, we met out at a pizza place. And uh, actually, I, had, I was waiting for him. I was a little nervous, you know. And so I ate half the pizza before he got there. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so I, he got an idea what I was like. I, I like food, you know. But the thing with how we knew is when we got together, we ate the pizza. Then we went to the park and we sang to each other. And we just, you know, there's a difference between being a Christian musician and a secular musician. And I believe it's our faith based in the Lord that caused us to recognize and our relationship with him as individuals, that this was definitely a move of God. It was clear. And uh, like I said, it, it starts in a relationship, number one, him. And then as you uh, write your music, he inspires it a lot, and then a lot of experiences that we've had. But anyways, we knew we sang to each other, and we just started doing music together. I mean, Terry was more like in bands for a lot of bands before uh, we got together and he performed out live a lot. I kind of performed solo but when we got together we blended all our talents and just being complementary to each other we harmonized, we write, we're both songwriters and we put that together and just started reaching out to the secular vein and um, also just planting seeds out there as we do but we knew that this was very special you know, him and me doing this together. And then we just start on that journey, uh, you know, doing what we do. You know, it's just, it's in relationship with him, number one, and then with each other, growing in that. When you met and you knew that it was time to get married and time to pursue this, what was your relationship like with the Lord? Because what one of the things that I've seen as I've worked with different people, a lot of people are looking for a relationship in the human to satisfy their needs and they're not really grounded in the Lord in a lot of ways and that causes a lot of instability and a lot of consternation in the relationship, especially at the outset. Would you say that you guys, when you met, that you were very satisfied in your relationship with the Lord, that you were pursuing Him and you knew who you were in Christ at that time? Oh, definitely. I mean, yes. uh, many, many, many years under our belt and uh, we just we just clicked, you know, and just started working on some things. In fact, I think it was in 2000, we've been married 28 years, but in 2002 we created our own little independent label called Sky Pilgrim Records, which lasted for quite a while until we raised a bar when Raven Faith contacted us. So just a lot of confirmation of what we do, where we've been, what we write, and who we are in God, and always being aware of who God is, who man is, and just being uh, into faith and being real to those who are also in the faith, but especially more real to those who are not. And, you know, we're not, we don't claim to be perfect all the time, but we know that, you know, I think sometimes humanity um, makes people take a look at who who are Christians, who are they, and um, we know that we could trust him regardless. Um, that's another balance that we've learned, too, as um, husband and wife growing. 
you know, you're not going to be perfect human beings, but you grow in your love and understanding. And as you grow in your relationship with Christ, you grow in understanding each other. And sometimes that all gets stretched too to different areas. And, uh, and that's how you learn. That's how you grow. As far as your process, each one of you were individual songwriters and then came together and I'm sure you collaborated, but you probably are coming from a, a unique process. Can you talk about how that has changed or adapted since y'all work on things as a couple? Or do you you kind of work solo and then you bring it together depending on who's feeling the song? Or how, how does that work? I find that fascinating. I think it's a little above. I'm known to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning with a melody in my head and lyrics going through my head and just start writing and then tweak it later. There's other times Diane comes up with some ideas and I just go, hmm. And uh, she might say, you know what? We need a bridge here, though. Sometimes that happens. You know, we we uh, tweak things uh, lyrically or tweak them har- harmony-wise on certain things. Try to try to fluctuate. I don't know. It's we're always having ideas in our head. Like with this album with Ravenface, that came out in 2019. Now the new single is going to be dropped in February for the for the new album, and we've probably got about 45 more songs to record. Constantly so, writing. Wow. So it's 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 madness sometimes, you know. We but, love it, but, but you know that's that's the way it is. He keeps pouring into us, and we just keep writing because it's just in our hearts. I mean, it's just a gift and a passion. It's like a fine artist likes to paint. There's a certain madness that comes out of it sometimes too. You have no concept of time, <laughs> which but yet you do. You know, you have to have balance in your life. That no concept, that no concept of time is just something that's normal for me. So, <laughs> well, see, I, when I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and I tried to write a, a song, the dog started howling, and I'm not sure what God's trying to communicate to me, but um, I'm still going to keep praying. Harmony there, maybe, yeah, huh? yeah, maybe so. <laughs> you know, there is really something about that three o'clock in the morning, though. A lot of times, I'll wake up at or be awakened at three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. uh, to pray for different things. God will reveal different things to me at three o'clock in the morning and I will be wide awake and then I'll fall asleep again. (laughs) When I wake up a little bit later, I feel like I've been hit by a ton of bricks or something like that. But at that time when I'm woken up at three o'clock, there is something about that hour when God wakes people up. Yeah. Quietness and stillness is a lot of time. That's where you get a a lot of communication with him in that uh, stillness. A lot of times we don't go to bed till two. So that means I, I was only in bed for an hour. (laughs) <laughs> How much coffee do you drink? <laughs> I drink quite He's a bit. He's drinking some now. I am too. <laughs> Cheers. Hey, uh, a toast over the microphone. Here we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm drinking some pumpkin spice right now. Ah, um, the old pumpkin spice. I got it. <laughs> yes, we like the flavors. <laughs> How long have you guys been ministering through music? Together? Together, yes. Well, uh, for 28 years together. And... Prior to that, you know, ever since we jumped out of high school. I mean, I've been in some secular bands, too, some regular club bands, so not to make ends meet. It's been a it's been a long roller coaster ride, I guess you could say, up to this point. It's worth it, though, <clears throat> if I would say. You know, it, it's it's all worth it, being who you are and being honest and real. And, and, and you have to believe a lot in yourself, too, which, you know, and you have to act on what you believe in and put it out there, and, and it's definitely a walk of faith. I will say that. And I would believe that would be a lot of times casting down fear. 
Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And, and bricks that are thrown at you that, oh, someone throws a brick at you and they think they got you with that one. So you have to just stop, uh, get out of the way, and let the brick hit the wall or hit the rock in crisis, so to speak. You get a lot of challenges that come your way. But um, you have to have be solid, you know, in your heart about who you are and what you do. And um, pray and stay in God's Word. That's another thing, too. And that's something that takes a lot of time, and it's key to stay in God's Word, because there is so much in the world that comes against ministering and yeah. the gospel. Dan and I were talking okay. on the phone the other day. It's amazing that if it were not for God's grace and His mercy, with all of the mm-hmm. twistedness in ourselves, all of the twistedness and perversion and oppression in the world, and then you throw on the spiritual True. realm of principalities and powers, it's amazing we can get, even get out of yes. bed in the morning and do mm-hmm. anything so even for us on this side with what we do here sometimes it's like trying to walk through pluff mud and get through the muck and the mire just to do what god's putting us to do but once we get through that muck and mire there's a there's a release and that's where we find find joy in the lord and i believe that's the case for everybody especially the casting down of fear when you're doing something and you're going out there and talking about <laughs> launching out in the deep i understand that you guys do this this is your full time this is what you do is that correct yes yeah uh for the most part uh we do that and diane's also a fine artist she does uh paintings for hire and things like that but uh we i guess you could say it's it's full time it's uh been a slow month this month for us uh, so we've just been working in the studio trying to finish up some more songs, utilizing that time. But uh, we definitely could use your prayers as more doors open for us. Praying for you, too. Thank you. For us to uh, perform, uh, because uh, we mo- we mostly perform in sector venues, and we do, like, cover songs from five different decades, and then we throw in our original material, sort of like seed planters, and, uh, you know, just put it out there. And then there's times where... where we get to play shows where we do nothing but originals, uh, and uh, we kind of adjust to our audience, and uh, you know, just be uh, sensitive to who they are, and uh, how to approach through our music their hearts. Some good news is that you know, um, uh, one of the ladies that uh, has us and, and her husband that have us perform at their venue, she says, "I love having you guys come out here because every time I listen to your songs, I get these goosebumps. I just don't understand, and I." I'm just so drawn into your original music, and um, that really is a that really is a good thing to hear for you know when you're writing original songs and um, how uh, we weren't even looking to get signed, but how it happened was really amazing and a blessing and encouragement to us personally. Because sometimes you're working like you said in that muck and the mire, and you wonder, oh, you get tired, you know? Yes. You just get worn out, and um, you get overwhelmed with the negativity and you just have to sit still and sometimes uh, you know as a person I, I sit and I cry and I say okay Lord I don't have any more strength for this so I'm, I'm asking you Lord to um, take this over and uh, push through this and uh, I, I, I but it's a good feeling to know that you get phone calls too that like a couple of our songs I noticed that you guys were going to play uh, like uh, one young lady called called us up and talked to my husband, she, uh, you know, messaged us, and she said that she was thinking of committing suicide, and she listened to the one song, Snow Mountain, and that changed her whole life. And see, things that you hear back from your efforts and what you do, you know that it's really important. God gave you this, and he gave you this art form, 
to express and use and do the best you can and you and you still grow after even when you've been at it for a long time but to hear those kind of comments made you know just just really encourages you that you're on the right path somewhere you know in your efforts since you brought it up let's talk about snow mountain can you give us the backstory to that song and what that song is about we'll play that for our listeners that song was written uh it started from a young girl i knew who had overdosed on crack cocaine and then the whole drug thing going on around me i was always around it because a lot of my friends are musicians and they're, and they're not Christians, and some of them are pretty much into that scene. And I just stayed around them as a light. The song was written some years ago and then tweaked and then retweaked again. It's been recorded a couple different times, but in, in different versions of it. And the one that's on the album now is the, probably the final version. We, uh, get, we get some good response when we play it out live. Uh, people, and there's a really cool video that was done for us of the song. If you go to YouTube and, and look up Snow Mountain, there's a really uh, neat video that someone did for us out of their heart, and uh, it really strikes a chord when you watch it. It does. I was watching that video the other day, and for our listeners, this is Terry and Diane McCabe with Snow Mountain.
Dan, probably the best way that I can describe Snow Mountain is earthy, bluesy, what we just listened to. It's real. That's what I like about it. It talks about real issues. And I think that was very important for a lot of our listeners to listen to this. And and Terry, something you were just saying a minute ago about your musician friends that have issues with drugs, uh, people that have issues with drugs, especially in the creative community. This is something that we've been discovering, and I want to tie this into what... Diane was just saying a few minutes ago about the goosebumps. Our creativity that God gave us, every musician that's really a musician or an artist, those are gifts that God put in them. But in our flesh, that artistry and that creativity is only going to go so far. You're going to hit, you're going to hit a wall. And a lot of times what I see is when they hit that wall, they go one of three places. Either they go to the drugs to increase that creativity, or they go towards the demonic for that creativity or then the creativity where the true creativity comes from and it's unending is the fountain of the Holy Spirit. And yeah. that that is a major issue, but that's something that God has been really showing me is that our creativity in and of ourselves is just absolutely limited. There's only so far that we can go with that because it's in our natural flesh and that's temporal and it only goes so far. Yeah. That, that, well, that whole paradigm of drug abuse is such a slippery slope. It's such a counterfeit, like what you're saying. If you think about this impediment in the human psyche post-fall, that if we get right above Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we're ready to have endless bliss. You know, it's like it's almost Edenic in a way. You're trying to get back to the Garden of Eden, but through this demonic pathway that leads you to to destruction and, and messes up all your dopamine and, I mean, just... It's horrible, you know. It is. And, and, it's, and it's so subtle, too. Yeah, it sucks yeah, you right very, in. 
Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. the, it's kind of like the frog in the boiling water. It starts just a little, and then just it just cascades and turns into this into this absolute oh, nightmare. So demonic it is. Well, I mean, the Bible refers to it as sorcery. The yeah. the Greek yes. word for, for is pharmakia. Yeah, and that's that sorcery is exactly what it is. So, you guys, when you were growing up, did you grow up in a church environment, or what was it like growing up? Did your parents take you to church? Were your parents believers? How, how did this all come about? How did you all come to know the Lord? Well, I guess I'll start. Uh, Terry gave me that look start first. So. <laughs> He's brewing some more coffee <laughs> right no now. Idea, you know? <laughs> Let the woman go first. You know? <laughs> Ladies and, first. Anyway. <laughs> Ladies first. Well, I'll look at it that way. <laughs> Condensed version, he's telling me. But, you know, I grew up, uh, even, in, I, even though I grew up in the Catholic faith, I was raised to think about God. I never knew who he really was. I, I, I was never taught to read my Bible. I didn't read it, and uh, I didn't understand a lot of things about God and why the Son of God would die this horrible, ugly death for me. I didn't understand it. It was kind of barbaric to me. I didn't get it. So um, in my senior year in high school, there were two people that reached out to me, and they were really super nice, and I was just running in the opposite direction, but somehow they made a connection with me. One was in my study hall, and one was in my art class, and uh they were bold and the, and there was just they were nice you know they were very nice and different and unique and there was just something about them I had to know more. So one person was so bold as to buy me a Bible and I says I I don't know if I want to read this but then they started talking to me and built a relationship with me and I ended up starting to read the Bible the Word of God for myself and when I started reading the Word of God in my own privacy on my own time I. The word just jumped off the page and connected with my heart and my spirit. I knew right then and there that how lost I really was and what a dark world it was. You can't just jump out into it because there was a lot of things happening around me. People's lives, people were killing themselves, they were overdosing on drugs, like you said. It's so, you know, they were just jumping out there and just playing Russian roulette with their lives. And um, I wanted to be a big rock star singer, woman singer, and you know, I mean, I had ideas and dreams in my head, but all of a sudden this, I'm reading the Word of God, and it's just starting to connect to everything around me that was happening and in the world, and even in some of the songs that you talk about, you listen to over the years, starting to understand, it's like your eyes are starting to open up, you're very lost, and um, realize your need for that, and that's the song I wrote called Master's Designs that made me realize I need to follow Him all his word and that it was real so that's how I began my journey in my senior year in high school I gave my um, I accepted the Lord in my heart and then something supernatural in the spirit realm you talk about the Holy Spirit and his power I started seeing visions and dreams and unique things and um, the creativity in me just came out in the front lines of what I was doing and acting on that faith you know you, we are different we do come out and, it, and the Holy Spirit is more powerful than the occult. And, and then, you know, I started seeing things in the spirit realm that woke me up. And what you explained earlier about that out there, realizing that through the reading God's Word and truth there is what um, gives you the power over a lot of these things that happen. Anyways, that's my journey. Now, Terry? Mine's real brief. I grew up in a Christian family. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, and that's the end of the story. <laughs> and that's how the cookie crumbles, folks. Yeah, his version. I mean, I was I was like a junior in high school when I accepted the Lord, and my both my parents were backslidden at the time. And when I got saved, they both came back to the Lord, and then the siblings came to the Lord. And I was my mom was a musician, so she influenced me. Uh, she was a piano player in the church, more like honky tonk, uh, West Virginia. Type folk and uh, when I was like you know 16 years old I took that step I had some issues still in my teenage years but um, I knew it was real so that's basically my story uh, there I, I don't have one of those testimonies where I was on drugs or an alcoholic or into devil worship or anything like that. <laughs> I just uh, <laughs> have one of those simple it was matter of fact and when I got saved I started listening to uh, some of the Christian bands after right away which were a big influence on my life, besides some of the, the secularists I like as well. The so. same here. Yeah, you know, a testimony does not need to be dramatic all the time. A lot of times I'll watch these things <laughs> on YouTube, and somebody will be sharing a testimony, and sometimes it just gets over the top with what they're saying, and you're <laughs> like, okay, so you were abducted by aliens, and you were into <laughs> devil worship, and then all of a sudden you opened up your refrigerator, and the meatloaf started talking to you, and maybe even the pepperoni pizza that you had in there with I it, was, too. I was halfway done killing the 51st person, and I seen this lot. Yeah, see, I've, I've, and some of them aren't some of them aren't true. No, they're not. I, I, no. It's sadly, and what a horrible thing that is if you need attention that bad. There's been quite a few times. Yeah, we've heard a lot of things. Yeah, people are sad too. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes it's just really it's really simple, and then sometimes there's a little bit more to it. And that's one of the things that Dan and I really enjoy is the people that we talk to want to make sure that there's some genuine stuff that's going on there. It's not like we just put anybody on the, on the Get Real podcast. And then when it comes to music, it has to be good music. I mean, maybe we'll do one where we do bad music or something. That'd be cool. <laughs> Just be kind of cool for fun uh, and, and and do that. But it doesn't need to be over dramatic. And there's just a real simplicity to, yeah, I saw I was lost and God saved me. I mean, that that's a testament. That's it. Testimony right there. But there may be a good strategy. Okay. See, Terry communicated <laughs> that his mom or his parents got backslidden. And then he, as a youth, moved towards the Lord. So maybe... We can harness the power of youthful angst to go against what their parents are doing. And if parents, yeah. when their kids are teenagers, all go backslidden, we'll have an influx of youth into the church. I'm going to write a book. Glenn. There we go. Evangelism sell, for young people. selling thousands, thousands at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> and that will help you launch the Dan House Intergalactic Ministries that you've been talking about and dreaming yes. about doing. So It is funny, though, because that when he said that, I was like, that's so interesting how the Lord moves. And maybe if his parents, I don't know, Terry, you knew yourself at that age. If your parents were super fired up right then, would that have pushed you away? It's an interesting dynamic there with kids. Yeah, uh, I'm not, I'm really not sure. I, uh, all I know is for my 16th birthday, my dad bought me my first guitar. And, cool. Um, that sparked me right there. It was really hard to play, too. And uh, <laughs> that made me more determined. So everything falls together for a reason. It, 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 yes. you know, it's, it's all linked. You know? That's cool. It is. He's sovereign and he does what he wants. That's really right. the conclusion that we've been coming to. So before you got your guitar, Terry, 
did your dad ask you, son, what are you going to do with your life? And you looked at him and said, I want to rock. <laughs> is, that, is that how that came about? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, indirectly, because my siblings weren't into anything like that. My sister was, you know, into the boys, and my brother was into the cars, and I was in my bedroom with my little stereo, listening to music, trying to learn how they played certain songs. So I think that sparked it right there. First thing I ever did was I was in a musical at the church where I accepted the Lord, and uh, the musical had me doing a lead part, and I thought, I'm kind of liking this, and then I started playing guitar, and just one thing after another led to another, you know, and uh, here I am today. I had good parents. I mean, they were good people, but, you know, they didn't know about having a relationship with Christ. So when I became a Christian, they they were in shock because I was finally behaving and listening to them. <laughs> My situation was a little different. They were like, oh, this but, isn't so bad. Maybe we need to look into this. <laughs> yeah, I said... Yeah, they were curious. They did. They brought the priest over the house. Thought I'd lost my mind at first, you know. <laughs> but then, I, then the priest says, "Oh, you're reading the Bible." I go, "Yep, I'm reading the Bible. <laughs> yes, I'm reading the Word of God." So in that situation, it was like it was just so amazing. I mean, uh, to realize I had given my whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. Um, I knew that was important. It's amazing how many people go to church or profess religion but have never read the Bible. Yes. Or, or opened it up or or even know what's in there. And that's, I think, the reason why we get so many people that misquote Scripture or quote think they're quoting Scripture, like, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. So that's not in oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's not in there. You have to open it up. And what you were saying, Diane, about the words just, just you know, the pages just unfolding, it's like you see what's between pages two and three. It's like there's another page between two and three, and it just starts to open yeah. up to you. It's like, well, I had no idea this was in here. And the, the yeah. word is living. It's it's a mystical yeah. it's a mystical book, if you want to put it in terms for our listeners that are listening. It is a mystical book when you open it up. It's not just a book of do's and don'ts, but it is a living, breathing. The spirit breathes upon it, quickens what you read. And you can read the same thing every day, the same verse, and get something different out of it. Yeah, the way it's that amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. amazing how I think it's so. it's pretty common too that when all of a sudden a young person they get saved, they start reading the word, they quit doing mm -hmm. all these different things. Parents kind of freak, you know, if they don't know the same yeah. reality or if they've never been born again. I saw that a lot of right. we were doing some evangelism and different guys in college. You know, they they'd give their lives to the Lord, and all of a sudden. They throw away their porn. They stop doing this. They quit taking any drugs or, or getting drunk all the time. And their parents are like, what's wrong with our son? And then they start calling people over to minister to them. It's like, he's reading the Bible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a shock to them. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a good shock, though, because later on in the years, my parents ended up giving their, their hearts to the Lord. And that and that was all worth it for me. Amen. There you go. That's awesome. You know, it, and and even my sisters too. So um, that was definitely um, in his plan. So um, I'm grateful. So I want to go back to something you were just talking about before we listened to Snow Mountain about the covers that you do. Who are some of your favorite artists to cover? Oh, well, uh, I'd say there's so many, uh, it, uh, including uh, some uh, Christian artists as well that we do at the clubs and stuff. But that's you know, like Neil Young, uh, Dylan. Uh, Larry Norman, uh, Mark Hurd. 
I like um like all those artists you mentioned, like Joni Mitchell or um, Simon and Garfunkel. Oh yeah. I listen to all those older songs over the years. Anything that has a heart and substance. Strong harmonies. And strong harmonies, like um I I like the version of uh, Simon and Garfunkel's song that was put out by the band Disturbed. Yes, really like the that. sound There's of silence. Awesome. That is a timeless song, and we are eventually going to be doing an edition of Get Real just on that song because that song has been covered by not just Disturbed, but by another band, Nevermore. Nevermore, yeah. And I've been thinking, and I asked the Lord, I was like, why is this song? Because that song gripped me when I was younger, and it was. Yeah. I found it very dark, and I'm starting mm -hmm. to understand that, that there is a lot of prophetic substance in that song, The Sound of uh, Silence. Yes, that's, yes. It's, it's one of the songs we do live, so... Yes, there know. is. That's true. It is prophetic. It is strong. And it, and it's timeless. And uh, who knows what they were inspired by, you know? Yeah, and, and the thing that I find interesting, we'll talk about this at, at a later time, Simon and Garfunkel, they, they wrote that song, and then Disturbed picked it up, and a lot of people don't know, but David Draymond, the lead singer for Disturbed, actually spent time at rabbinical school before he got where he is with Disturbed yeah. right now. So he's got there. There's something that's stirring there, and I think that has something to do with yeah. the reason why they picked it up. And the thing I like about what they did with that song is they added their own flair to it. They brought it to a relevancy of today, but they kept right. the original flavor of the song in there. It was kind of camouflage mm -hmm. metal. I mean, those are in, the lyrics are intense. <laughs> oh, they they're are. cryptic, and then you're like, "It." I love Nevermore's version <laughs> yes. of it. And we're gonna we're gonna take a look at all of those in a couple weeks. We're gonna do that, and I, I promise that to our listeners. That's gonna be fun because that's one that gripped me. And oh man, uh, some Neil Young. Ho ho ho! <laughs> you know, that is that is good stuff. What's your favorite Neil Young song? There's a lot of them. I have no favorite. That's impossible. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's You know impossible. what he means, guys, right? You know what he means. Yes. Uh, because uh, every single album he's ever done. So that's like asking me what my favorite Larry Norman song is. I, that's impossible. <laughs> so, But there are some that we do that like Rockin' in the Free World and Harvest Moon. I love and, Harvest uh, Moon. You know, yeah, so that's two different, two different fields. You know, Harvest Moon's a love song, but... Um, and we do old man. A lot of people like that one. Too. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and you know, from Hank Article. and Hendrix, uh, you know, there's a, uh, you know, we, we kind of mix it up. We'll, we'll drop songs, then add songs all the time just to keep it fresh. Plus more originals we add all the time too. And some of my ballads take people off guard. Some of the ballads that I do, uh, whether they're original or whether they're, you know, like uh, the Rose, like Bette Midler or, um, you know, just, just something simple. Oh, the rose uh, is a beautiful. That that's a beautiful song. By yeah, that, that meaningful, you know. And uh, like I said, we we write songs and we incorporate some of our original music in there. I think people are looking for new, new life. They're looking for a fresh perspective, a fresh, but yet they're looking for those things that are meaningful that that touch deep in their soul, in their heart. And um, that's what the Lord gives us in our heart and our soul, and we put we're just putting it out there. And you take risks, too. Every gig is a risk. Yes, and that is the Christian walk, is taking a risk. It even talks about that in the book of Acts, about how men risk their lives. And that yes. didn't even necessarily mean being martyred, but going out on a limb to do something that they believed that they were called to do or knew that they were called to do. That's one of the things, a lot of misperceptions about walking with the Lord, that it's going to be this safe, comfortable thing all the time. He is going to stretch you 
when he calls you, he's going to stretch you. He's going to provide for you in doing that and make the way for you. But for our flesh, we are so encumbered by fear. And I'm talking, yeah. I'm talking about myself right now. I am. Often, <laughs> I thought you were talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> all of us, right? <laughs> all of us are so encumbered yeah. by fear that we don't do that and we miss what God's going to do. But when you get a taste of what he's doing, you want more of it. And that helps that fear oh, yeah. dissipate. That's what I've found personally uh, in my well, own. Well, you know, um, I, I was just saying like that, that song, Year of the Lord's Favor, when I do that out live, uh, and then I get to the second part about the violence and the hatred that's in the world, people are starting to lock into that. And, you know, it you know, you, you decide, you know, like it says in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God into salvation, everybody, you know, the beliefs first. So before I met Terry, I used to just take my guitar out with a group of people and we'd sing at different, like, uh, restaurants. To, they'd have us come in and sing, share songs. And, you know, you're actually putting the light out there. You're putting something out there that is strange to people that uh, have never heard it before. And um, it does take risks. It does take, but it's worth it when you see people come back to you later. Hey, you know, you made me think, and uh, and as a result of that, I, you know, gave my heart to the Lord. And um, that's the greatest thing you can know, uh, um, at, that what you're doing is making a difference. And um, one of my ballads you got um, that I do, "Year of the Lord's Favor." Believe it or not, it uh, it gets a um, gets a good response, and also we do a song called "He Built a Bridge." And people think they're dancing to us uh, um, a drinking song, but then they hear the lyrics and they're starting like, "Wow, <laughs> this isn't you know. a drinking song." <laughs> but you know, it's a different type of drinking, you know. Yep. And then, and then uh, we've even done songs like uh, "Mary, Did You Know" in, in in a bar, and there were people drinking and having a good time and partying. And then you see them weeping because there's something inside that song that they want. You know, there's something you know they want. That's it. Yeah, it's unfamiliar, but it's what they want. They just can't express what they want. And that's what ministry is, is helping people understand what it is that they want and leading them to to what they want. Let's go back to Year of the Lord's Favor because we're going to play that here in just a minute. That's a powerful song. It is. I, I just listened to it a while ago, and that, that's very bold and powerful. It takes me, it it's just takes me to another realm when I listen to it. And all of it pretty much is scripture. Can you share with our listeners the scriptures that that is based on you're the lord's favor uh luke 4 i think where jesus began his ministry was actually quoting something he said the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel and then he closed it out with like today that scripture is fulfilled in your ears so that was uh the opening lines of what jesus ministry and um then you compare it to what uh as christians which makes us different than the world uh, we we go to that great commission he asks us he calls us to share that you know good news share the that you know we have eternal life in him and that um know him through his son and uh he came and he died and he rose from the dead and when he died we died and when he was raised up we were raised up into a new life being born again and the difference from the dark and the light the contrast i mean the scripture speaks for itself and then when you look at what's going on what's going on around you you know you start asking questions like uh there's a lot of hatred there's a lot of violence and people are are just destroying each other and that's how that song came about like i was trying to turn people's eyes to take a look 
a, a look at what's going on around you in your life. You see this stuff is real. It's going on, but God's love is also real, too. Was that song inspired by things that you have seen going on in the world at this time? Absolutely. Yes, I have. Yeah, I've seen these things you hear on the news all the time. I mean, you don't have to go far to hear that. And then you hear about young children in school being gunned down or, or, or just killing each other, people in the streets. And there's so much violence. There's so much hatred. And even today, you know, it seems intensified. People are living in this fear. And, and then when you get something out there in song, it's so important to break that, break the darkness with the light. It's the only way. And you got to be strong and stand strong. I would say that this song, Year of the Lord's Favor, puts everything in context when I Thank listen you. to it. It, it puts, puts what's going on in the world in context with the sovereignty of God and the gospel and the need for the gospel and the only solution to all of these issues that we have, the violence that we have, the hatred that we have, the division that we have, it's all because of our sin. We're fallen creatures. That is just our natural yeah. bend, and that's what's going to happen. And the only cure for it, I mean, we can throw hundreds of thousands of dollars and money and social services towards all this stuff, and it is going to do, <laughs> well, look at where it's gotten us right now. Yeah, it doesn't fix the Nowhere. heart. It yeah. doesn't, fi doesn't fix the yeah. heart. It's the gospel, and that's what people don't want to hear because it smacks against our pride. Yeah. Well, this is Year of the Lord's Favor. We'll be right back with Terry and Diane McCabe. Everybody just enjoy this song and let it take you to another realm. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me Preach good news to the poor, tell the prisoners they are free. Open the eyes of the blind, heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Violence filled with hate How can they know if we don't tell them Will they see him in our example The love of the Lord that sets them free Love and hope. 
let's love and do for one another. Follow him, our example, our Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, tell the prisoners they are free. Open the eyes of the blind. By the way, guys, I love your enthusiasm. I love the joy, and it just—it's just comfortable talking with you guys. I just love that about you guys. It's probably caffeine, thank but you. thank you. How can our listeners best find your music? Where is the best places for them to go online to find your music that would support you the most? And what is it that our listeners can do to support you guys? Well. They can go to the streaming sites, uh, for one thing, like Spotify, Pandora, iTunes. They can go to ravenfaithrecords.com. Also, Facebook at McCabe Music. Uh, we have a separate music page. Uh, YouTube is full of stuff. And uh, uh, also Reverb Nation. And if you go to ravenfaithrecords.com, they have a store where you can purchase physical copies of the CD. Or people can email us at Resurrection, spelled with a Z, R-E-Z. U-R-E-C-T-I-O-N 91 at yahoo.com, and we can send you an actual signed physical copy. We yeah, can mail just, it to you, nowhere, no matter where you're at. Just contact us that way and uh, get information from us. So uh, there's different ways of uh, obtaining it. And we have a new single drop-in in February from the new album. The new albums are going to be called uh, Fields of Mercy, Roads of Grace, and the uh, first single is called Sons of Adam, Daughters of Eve. It's a tribute to Narnia. Cool. And, uh, oh, that sounds like it's going to be cool. Yeah, so that'll be, uh, uh, the whole album will be out in the summer of 2020, but the first single will be dropping mid-February. And speaking of February, there's something I want to share with everybody. Pop quiz, Dan, who do you think our prophetic artist of the month for February is going to be? The McKay. The McCabe's, yes, Terry and Diane. Congratulations for participating in the Get Real podcast. You have been named. Come on down. The prophetic right, artist now. of the we'll month. door number two. Definitely. Thank you. And we'd appreciate your prayers uh, because we have some financial needs to repair our vehicle. Well, make it more roadworthy than what it is. Um, because that's how we get to where we get to play uh, without renting a vehicle. And uh, 
So we're in need for that. We we live day by day, uh, week Would, by week. That's so. a, and sometimes you have to have fundraisers, you know, once in a great while. I mean, we have one going on. We don't normally do it, but, you know, it's on the Raven Faith Records uh, label that people have different needs on there. People feel like they, they can and they want to donate. They like the artist's music. They want to donate there. That's, that's fine. I mean, either way, um, however the Lord chooses to supply it, we are grateful whether it's by getting another gig or just someone just feels, hey, I want to drop them something, they can go to the fundraising section on Raven Faith Records if they if they feel like it, you know. But trusting the Lord all the way. We thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having us for Artists of the Month of February as well. Like I said, I love you guys. I hey, love hey, your enthusiasm. And you, know you know what's crazy, too, is we've been getting all kinds of interviews like different states, uh, the U.K., England, in different parts of the world. And but we can't get our picture on the cover of a local magazine. No, <laughs> uh, we, we can't get local radio to uh, independent radio. We're trying oh, to get well. them to pay attention to us. But, it is you know, what it is. You know, you know we'll just keep that in prayer. And uh, it's it's just crazy. It's just wild. It's it's. Uh, That's when you have to step back to step back and let some things go. And it's all in God's timing too. All yes. of it. It's, it's all in his timing, and your ministry is definitely one worth supporting for our Aww. listeners. Uh, you can check out them as the Prophetic Artist of the Month for February at our website, lithoscry.com. You'll be able to find out more information. And if you want to reach out to Dan and I over here in the fishbowl at the Get Real Podcast, you can reach us at lithoscry, L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y, at gmail.com. And Dan, something I just realized, this is the first podcast we've done in about, oh, two weeks that Mac has not gone crazy downstairs yeah, barking. Yeah, no barking. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, thank you very yeah, much. Thank y'all. And bless y'all and to our listeners, rock Aww. on and peace out. Lithoscry.com <laughs>